Will Cam Rising play against Weber State? And what should we expect to see from Utah on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball this Saturday? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We're available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may listen to your podcast. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you guys like and subscribe. We're getting closer to 2,000 subscribers, so appreciate all of you guys who continue to subscribe. Also, feel free to hit us up in the comments on social media and YouTube. Try to get to as many of those as I can. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department, and today's show is brought to you guys by our great friends at Jace Medical. With Jace Medical, you can empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with the personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Alrighty, on today's show, we're going to be talking about how Utah matches up with Weber State on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball, and just in general, what we expect to see out of Utah, right? This is Utah, one of the 15 best teams in the country. This is a Weber State team that is a top 10 team. There's a seventh-ranked team in the FCS, so a very good program, but it's just on a different level, so it's a little bit of a different look, but I think there's some things that you're definitely going to want to see out of Utah this week, some particular things that it'd be nice for them to clean up through two games into the season, but before we talk about that, talk about what continues to be the the biggest elephant in the room when you talk about utah right is when will cam rising play and as it pertains to this week is will cam rising play against weber state we've done will cam rising play against florida numerous times throughout the offseason we've done will cam rising play against baylor last week now you got to do willie play against weber state and we'll probably have to do this again next week because to be honest with you i don't think he's going to play it just seems like he's getting closer trending in the right direction but this is what makes it so hard, right? Like, I was one of the people. I really thought we were going to see Cam against Florida. I just, and I have no doubt that he did everything in his power to get back for that game. I just felt like he was, that he was going to be at that stage in his recovery for whatever reason. He wasn't quite there, and he's still not there yet to play. I've said for a while, though, if even, like, let's say maybe if this was like UCLA this week or like a big game this week, maybe Cam could come back for it. Once again, it's just always tough. Kyle, um, Coach Whittingham, does not elaborate on injuries just really at all. He doesn't give much detail on them in general. It's given us really nothing on Brant. Thankfully, Brant gave us a little something on his on ESPN 700. We can discuss that in a moment, too. But it just doesn't make much sense to me to I guess uh, there's the one thing I will say about Cam against Weber State is like if you in terms of like if this would could be like a preseason level game where it's live game reps, live action, and you would hope your offensive line can keep you up enough. But is he still building strength up? It sounds like he's not going to be 100 percent. I don't know why you would toss him out there just in case something does happen. This just doesn't seem like a game where it's worth the risk when by resting him another week you can get him even another step 200% and hopefully another week of rest would mean he'd be ready to go against UCLA where it would be obviously very nice if Utah's quarterback one is ready to go against the Bruins team that is now ranked in the top 25. So credit to Chip Kelly and that squad. But um, yeah, I just, I don't see Cam playing in this game. I really don't. I just don't think it's worth the risk. It sounds like he's trending in the right direction with his rehab overall. It was reported that, you know, he's been a full participant in practice, but they're waiting on the doctors to give him the official clearance to go in in games and look it makes sense why he's good to go in practice but not in games because in practice your quarterbacks aren't getting hit yes i know there was what happened with brandon rose and everything but that's different from a quarterback who's currently coming back from an injury right now and in the middle of the season as well your quarterbacks are not getting hit 
in practice in the middle of the season. That just that doesn't happen. So Cam is not getting hit in practice. I'm sure he's been good to throw, move up and down the field, all of that. But the question is, when is he going to be 100% ready? So if that big defensive tackle comes in for the sack or whatever and lands on his leg, that he's going to be okay enough to get up. Because obviously it sounds like if that was the case right now, I don't know if he'd be able to get up on his own power, which is a really scary thought. And you don't want him to go out there until he is 100%. So I'm glad the medical staff is doing what's best, not just for Cam, because we all we all want Cam to come back as soon as he's possible when he's ready, right? But like, we also want Cam to go on and have a successful NFL career, whatever that looks like, right? I think more than likely right now, he's probably trending towards an NFL backup. I would love to see him be the surprise story and become an NFL starter, but just based on what we've seen from his arm strength and just overall abilities in the, in the past, past, I think he is a top 10 college quarterback, but it's a different skill set that translates to the NFL. And I'm not trying to put down Cam Rising as this just sounds like, but either way, I want Cam to have that nice NFL career and another season ending injury would really make it hard on him, right? He's a guy who I'm sure wants to get drafted still. He'd rather not be an undrafted free agent, have to fight for a roster spot in his first year. And I think right away you can come into the NFL and be a very high-quality backup with his leadership skills and ability to run an offense overall. So, yeah, we want Cam to continue to take the time necessary to rest up, get healthy, and it's not worth it for him to come out against Weber State. There are so many games on Utah's schedule where it's like, man, that's going to be really hard to win if Cam Rising isn't there. This was the one game we always felt like no matter who starts a quarterback – Utah should beat Weber State, right? There's just it's just a difference in talent. This is no shot at the Wildcats. Shout out Big Sky, of course, but yeah, Utah is on another level, and they should be able to take care of business in this game. And then the second segment, as I mentioned, we'll be talking about how I think what we want to see from Utah's offense, the defense, and all of that. But it's just not worth the risk to trot Cam out there, just because you never know what can happen in a game. And also, just another week for him to rest up and get healthy. It sounds like because he's been practicing, he's continuing to build that strength and getting closer and closer. But yeah, it just doesn't make much sense to me to trot him out there against Weber State unless you think he is good enough and you want him to do like a drive and have it be like his equivalent of a preseason game for NFL teams. Then that would make a little bit of sense to me. So, no, I don't expect to see Cam Rising in this one. And th- we're also not going to see Brant Keithy in this one. Brant Keithy was on ESPN 700 and elaborated a little bit more on his injuries. It does sound like if you just take the Kyle Winningham quotes, the Cam Rising quotes, and match them up with the Brant Keithy quotes, because once again, neither side is divulging a ton about the injury. It sounds like we're going to see Cam before Brant. That's just me trying to read what has been quoted there. No inside information because, as I mentioned, when it comes to injuries, the Utah football program is really tight-lipped about him. I mean, we learned that Bryson was going to be starting, what, two days before the game because Cam was going to be out for an injury. And then Bryson's like, oh, yeah, I knew I'd be starting for a week when it came to the Florida game. So it's just hard to get information in general. But, yeah, it sounds like Brant – he said he wanted to be, he thought he'd be ready for the opener, but it's the frustrating part about a rehab, right? Like just, it's the same thing Cam was going through right now. The timeline can change. Different things can happen. Um, it's just, it's a very difficult thing to overcome. And, you know, Brant's going through the process. It sounds like he's going to be back this season. I, apparently there was some rumor out there that he was sitting out to save his draft stock. That is, yeah, I don't think there's any validity to that in general. And, if anything, I think teams, NFL teams want to see him get back on the field in order to boost his draft stock back up. What does he look like off that injury? Because I don't know off the top of my head, but like when you're supposed to be a middle round pick, which is what Brand Keithy's kind of supposed to be based on the mock drafts I've recently seen, he you need to play in order to kind of raise yourself up. If you haven't come back, it's like, well, how healthy is he if he missed an entire college football season? That would probably cause his draft stock to fall as we've seen it happen to so many guys who are injured before. But that was a whole ridiculous conversation. Anyways, Brand Keithy is not sitting out to save himself. There's a reason he came back to this Utah team. That he wants this opportunity to come back and try to help them three-peat his Pac-12 champions. You know it's just driving him nuts to not be out there, and I'm excited to see him and Cam Rising back out there together. It sounds like we'll see Cam before the bye. Hard to say for sure. And Brant, hope maybe against Oregon State. I'd be surprised against UCLA, but you never know. And then uh, probably sometime after the bye, if he could be ready for the USC and uh, 
Oregon game. That obviously be pretty big for this Utah offense. But uh, yeah, we'll just have to continue to monitor the health of Cam Rising and Brant Keithy. But I expect neither of them to play this week. And then we can do all this again based on the Coach Winningham comments next week on next week's edition of Will Cam Rising Play This Week. <laughs> it's the new new weekly game show we basically have to play. Um, so yeah, that we'll probably dive into their health more next week as uh, Utah begins Pac-12 play. But before they do begin Pac-12 play, they do have a, their final non-conference showdown, and it's going to be against the Weaver State Wildcats. I'm going to come back in a moment and talk to you about what I want to see from Utah, uh, the Utah offense against this Weaver State defense. We're going to be discussing that in one moment. But first, I want to tell you guys a little bit more about our great friends at Chase Medical. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of our board-certified physicians. Get outgoing care from a physician or any treatment-related questions. Doctor-created, doctor-recommended. You don't need to get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharma- pharmacy medical medication delivery and ongoing consolution, consolution, excuse me, and care. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life savings antibiotics for emergency use and gives you the peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency, but that everyone around you does. Jace Medical, make sure you have that medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to the licensed pharmacy medication, delivery, ongoing consultation, and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON. That's all caps, no spaces, Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Also, I want to tell you guys about an exciting thing we have coming up at the Locked On College channel and just that we have coming up each week it's not even on the locked on college channel you can find it in the locked on youth channel and that is of course our friends at college football kickoff live because each friday locked on will go live from 11 a.m to 1 p.m eastern on every locked on college youtube channel college football kickoff live will cover all the biggest storylines from playoff implications to rivalries to whatever big rivalries are going on and just storylines in the sports it's the only the in-depth in-depth analysis that locked on can deliver from their stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football kickoff live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. All righty, coming back into this one, let's talk about this Utah offense and what we want to see, shall we? First, we can talk about this Weber State defense a little bit and just Weber State in general as a team. You know, they've been off, off to a good start here. Um, also, does anyone remember what happened last time Utah played Weber State? It was actually pretty funny. Uh, Utah... Scored first. They kicked a field goal. Jaden Jaden Redding did. And then Rashid Shahid had a hundred yard kickoff to the house. And seven to three was the score as a lightning delay hit. And it lasted like an hour. So those poor Utah players were stuck <laughs> for an hour while Kyle Whittingham and the coaches, I'm sure, continued to be like, How in the world are we losing to Weaver State right now? Now, obviously, that wasn't much time left. There wasn't a lot of time had passed in that uh, before all that happened as all that had ensued, but um, just in general, this is a Weaver state team that is two and zero. they've won their two games in impressive fashion. And even going back to that one, the one touchdown they scored, they ended that game ended 40 to 17. 
the guy who returned that kickoff, Rashid Shahid, he was only second on receiving in an NFL team that won last week with the Saints and him and Derek Carr like going over plays. Like Rashid Shahid is a special athlete. But this Weaver team does have some really strong players overall. Defensively, they have guys like Winston Reed at linebacker, Maxwell Anderson at cornerback, and just overall, it's a solid defensive line there. They're pretty good at each level. There's a reason they're a top 10 team at the FCS level, right? So, yes, they have some good players that will make things a little interesting for Utah at times. But look, obviously overall Utah has the should have the advantage at every position Utah should be able to do what they want just like in the past in these matchups why Utah won the last one 40 to 17 overall and the only reason that there was that other seven score there was another touchdown scored later in the game when things were a little different at that point but early on competitive was because of a special guy in the sheet making a play on kickoff and we've known Utah's had their uh, kickoff coverage issues too so that'll be something interesting to monitor in this one obviously don't want to give up any <laughs> kickoffs or uh, big plays but uh let's start with the offense and talk about what I want to see from the offense against this uh Weaver State defense. The number one thing I want to see is I would really like to see Nate Johnson throw for over 200 yards and have two touchdowns in this one. This will be the first time we see Nate operating the offense for an entire game. We saw last year flashes of him as a runner. We've seen the same thing in the first game. And then the second game, we saw him take over the reins against Baylor and lead this Utah offense on a what was really the game-winning drive until, yes, the interception, they got the ball in the short field, but they pretty much just handed it off from there. And, and then eventually Utah would go on to win that one. So I want to see Nate Johnson for an entire game operate this offense. I want to see him dissect the Weber defense. I saw him do it for a drive. I want to see him do it for an entire game. I think Nate Johnson can do it. I think Nate Johnson's really good, and I think he's going to have a great game. But I want to see it just as one of the things like, okay, checked off there. Like Nate Johnson looks really good and really comfortable operating this offense. So 200, over 200 yards passing and two touchdowns because we know he's probably going to have 30 to 50 yards rushing now. He's a full-time starter too, just – and the Weber State offense is obviously going to have a defense, excuse me, is going to have a hard time tackling Nate because he is such an incredible athlete. So, yeah, looking forward to see Nate unleash his arm for an entire game. And I'm excited to see the kind of game plan that Andy Ludwig dials up for him, too. I'm very curious to see the ratio of run to pass because I also don't know how much you want to tip your hand to UCLA before you go in and face off with the Bruins in your first conference matchup of the season. So that'll be something interesting. Also, speaking of Nate's rushing yards, I would like to see Utah rush for over 200 yards in this game. And really, that goes to the offensive line. I know Jalen Glover, Jaquindon Jackson, I saw what they could do last week. I want to see the Utah offensive line continue to open up holes more consistently than they did against Baylor and Florida. And they had a lot more success against Baylor in the second half of doing it. Then from a run blocking standpoint, I believe the second half against Baylor was probably the best half of football that the run in a run blocking aspect, this offensive line has played. And maybe you could say in pass protection too, Utah just didn't really have success throwing the ball until really that final drive with Nate Johnson. So I want to see that Utah offensive line execute up front. I thought Spencer Fano really improved from game one to game two. I expect him to have a solid game in this one. And I expect the entire Utah offensive line to. So I do think Utah should rush for 200 yards. And I'd love to say, see like Jalen Glover and Jaquindon Jackson not getting touched until they're five yards downfield. And I think that's totally feasible with the talent that Utah has at the offensive line and just the running backs in general. Another thing I'd love to see is Utah get over 100 yards receiving, something we haven't seen yet. We saw Money Parks make big plays. Mikey Matthews make big plays in the last drive. I believe both those guys, obviously Money in the first game, had over 70 yards because the play made in uh, Mikey Matthews was either 70 to 80 yards. I want to say I could be off on that. But either way, I think this is a great opportunity for a Mikey Matthews, a Money Parks, a Devon Vele, who once again, like I know Devon hasn't had the same numbers that Mikey and Money has. Devon's been doing some really good things. The Utah quarterbacks just haven't been able to hit him yet. So I think this is an opportunity to go over 100 yards. So love to see a Utah receiver get over 100 yards in this one. And it'd be really cool if it was Mikey Matthews, especially Nate Johnson to Mikey Matthews. Like that's a sign of what this Utah offense could look like next year. And that's something that really excites me. Uh, another thing I want to see is I want to see Thomas Yasmin get more involved. He's only made, I don't know if he had a catch against Baylor and against Florida. I think he had two or three, but 
I'd love to see him get like five or six, make the big Thomas Yasmin play that we saw so many times last year. Um, I just love to see him be more involved in the offense. And I don't think that's as much Andy Ludwig thing as I think it's been the quarterbacks missing him. Nate played a really good game last time, but did actually miss him for a touchdown uh, late in that one when he for- tried to force a ball to Jaquindon. So that's one where I would just love to see Thomas Yasmin get more involved because I feel like he is a really good player, obviously, and Utah should involve him. Another thing I'm looking to see in this one is Mickey Sugaturaga getting more reps. I think that would be a big thing because Mickey has been up and down at tight end. I think the ups have been better than the downs, but there have been some downs, just like last week where he's um, coming in to run block and he's pulling over and there's no one there for him to block. So he just stops. And then I think it was Jaquindon or Jalen ran into his back. It's like you just can't have that happen and you don't have that stuff happen or you just have it less happen by getting more reps, gaining more live experience. So I just want to see Mickey continue to do that. Also had a tough drop last week. So just continue to get more of those live opportunities, catching passes, continuing to build the confidence up, the familiarity with what to do in the heat of battle. That is a game. I think that'll be great stuff for, uh, for Mickey as well. So more involvement for Thomas Yasmin and uh, Mickey getting more reps too. would also love to see Landon King make a grab. He did enter the game last week against Baylor, I believe, and might've played against Florida, but he did not catch a pass. So uh, seeing some Landon King would also be really cool too. And uh, as for anything else I'd love to see, the the best thing, in my opinion, for bigger schools about playing schools like FCS schools is by the time it gets into the late third and and just the entire fourth quarter, you should be up enough where you have your players that are redshirting this season. They should be able to get in the game. And also, I'll even just say this, the guys who have worked so hard, like this used to be the Charlie Vincent game, right? Like he'd always get in. He actually got a carry against Baylor last time. He is the third running back for them last week. I think Chris Curry is starting to work his way back into it. So I expect him to be the third back now, but. I would like, I love seeing the walk-ons and all those guys who buy in a practice, get that opportunity to take the field for their school at home. I think that's really cool. But also how about just seeing the young guys take the field? This Utah recruiting class was the highest ranked in history, right? And yes, we've seen Spencer Fano already early, but I'd love to see Caleb Lomu get out there, get some blocking a little bit late in the fourth quarter. How about the running backs that Utah has, right? John Randall, Dejon Stanley, Mikey Matthews is not Mikey Matthews. Excuse me. Uh, Michael Mitchell is another guy. Like, just love to see all these guys. CJ Jacobson. There's so many players on this Utah offense. Um, Zipper, even another one. Like, guys, I'd le- love to see more of get an opportunity against Weber State, see them making plays, see a little bit of what they just look like in game because they're the future of this Utah offense. Those guys who are currently red shirting and uh, we heard Coach Witt say they're making steps in the right direction, I think, recently, especially talking about the running backs. But look, that running back room is deep. So <laughs> it's just going to be hard for them to get carries in competitive games because they are still just learning everything. It's hard to get this Utah system down uh, right away. There's a reason Jalen Glover was able to do it because he enrolled early. And I'm trying to remember right now, I I don't know if any of the running backs uh, were early enrollees this year. I could be off on that, but either way, um, it's just hard when you have guys like Jaquindon, Jalen and Chris Curry ahead of you all with a lot of college experience and Jalen, obviously his full experience last year. So a lot of opportunities for these young guys to get more reps and, uh, that's something I'm excited to see. So excited to watch this Utah offense go to work, and I expect a, a strong performance out of them, which should be a high-scoring affair as it's been the last couple times they've played FCS opponents. So something interesting to monitor for, but uh, we do got to talk about what I want to see out of the Utah defense, and we are going to be discussing that in one moment. But first, want to talk to you guys about one of the sponsors of today's episode in game time buying tickets to your favorite events it shouldn't be stressful game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports music and comedy and even theaters near you they have great deals on last minute tickets and their best price 
guarantee. You can stop stretching over the tickets and start getting hyped over the fun you'll have. They have flash deals on last minute tickets and the tickets, it's just easy to find and navigate their websites and just find tickets for every kind of event in your area. They even have images of your seats. So if you're curious, like, is this going to look as good as I hope it does? What does it actually look like? Game time eliminates that worry by giving you an accurate picture of where you'll be seated. They also have their low price guaranteed. And with that, it's the game time guarantee. And it means you always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress by using game time. You can download the game time app and create an account and use the code locked on college. That's all caps, no spaces locked on college for $20 off your first purchase. Decide you want to go to the Weaver state game last minute or any other game this season. That's what, that's what game time is for. And you can capitalize now with my code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on college for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All righty, close this one out. Let's talk about the Utah defense against this uh, Weaver State offense. This is a Weaver State offense that loves to run the ball. Damon Bankston has had over 100 yards rushing in back-to-back games. He's a powerful and strong back, and they go to him a lot. He's a guy who's capable of generating big plays, too, and uh, it's a really good old line. They returned three um, all-FCS conference players from years ago. One guy on the first team, one on the second, one on the third team, as well as they got some transfers that came in and joined them, too. So very strong up front. And their quarterback, Kyle Weezer, I believe I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, and I'm, I'm sorry if I haven't, but um, he's a solid QB. They, they're definitely a run-first team, but he's capable of making some throws and making some plays overall. And once again, top 10 team in the FCS, and they are top 10 for a reason. So this is definitely not one where Utah can just like wake up out of bed and be like, oh, we're Utah. Like Weaver State will punch you in the mouth. Like that's the physical brand and style they play. Like if this team just rolls out of bed, like we're Utah, you're Weaver State, then this, then Utah will could fall behind in this game early because you've got to expect your respect your opponent. If you expect, if you respect your opponent and go hard, Utah should win this game in a dominant fashion. But if you don't, this Weaver State team is going to come in and be fired up every team loves to get the opportunity to knock off a big dog and to imagine what it would do. This would probably be off the top of my head, and you guys can roast me in the comment sections if I'm wrong, uh, with the biggest win for Weber State in program history. And that, man, I could really get roasted for that if I'm wrong on that because of who my dad is. Um, uh, anyways, shout out Big Sky. But um, let's talk about this Utah defense, shall we? I don't expect this Utah defense to sleepwalk and into this game, and these are the things I want to see out of them. Number one, I want to see them shut down the rushing attack. We know that's Weber State's bread and butter. Front seven man up when your one-on-ones matchups as they've done against Baylor and Florida. So they definitely should be able to against Weaver state. It's just about showing up ready to play unlike a Baylor did against Texas state. And we saw what happened to them. So I want to see this Utah defense. I want them to be ready to step up. I want them to win their one-on-ones. I want to see tackles for loss. I want to see linebackers shooting gaps, making plays and executing all things. I expect to see would love to see. I mentioned like the young guys getting experience again. This is a game I'd love to see Justin Medlock, one of the breakout stars of spring ball with Leovani Damuni coming in with Lander Barton being what he is already. It's just been hard for Medlock to get on, get on the field as much and get all those opportunities. This is a game I'd love to see a lot of Medlock in. Um, Also outside of shutting down the rushing attacks, I'd love to see this Utah team force one to two turnovers. Weaver's going to should be in a lot of third and longs. They'll probably try to run it on first and second down because that's what they like to do. And then they'll be forced to pass. And as I mentioned uh, with Weezer, he's, he's a solid quarterback, but this Utah defense, if he's forced to drop back and throw the ball 30 times, should come away with an interception or two. That's where I'm saying one to two turnovers. It's hard to get running backs to fumble. So I'm not expecting Weaver State to really have many, if any, fumbles. Maybe a strip sack by the Utah defensive line would be cool if Jonah Ellis Logan Fano, someone could break in there. Um, Chase Kennedy's a guy I'd love to see get some more reps in this game too. One of the other guys who really stood out in spring ball, but it's kind of buried behind a deep defensive line, which we know this Utah depth has been fantastic as they continue to win games without not just their starting quarterback and tight end, but multiple starters out. 
So that's been something that's been really cool to see is the depth of this team. And uh, we're going to see a lot of, more of the depth and just the future in this game against Weber State. So once it would like to see them force one to two turnovers. Um, I'd also like to see no for while the starting defense is in, I'd like to see no pass plays over 15 yards in back-to-back weeks. And then week one, I said it wasn't much as concern because of how well the Utah defense played overall. But when that game was in the balance, the Baylor receivers, and it's you're going to get beat from time to time, um, made some big plays against the Utah defensive backs. I think this is a, an opponent where Utah's defensive backs, Utah has the advantage, like I said, across the board, right? They clearly have an advantage in terms of their defensive backs against the Weaver passing offense because this Weaver team likes to run the ball more. That's their bread and butter. So this is one where Utah should not let up a pass play over 15 yards, in my opinion. I know Zamaya Vaughn and JT Broughton, sometimes they get caught looking in the backfield a little bit and get get burned deep at times. This this shouldn't happen against his opponent. It's not the end of the world if it does, but just you want to continue to cut down on those negative plays and mistakes because USC, Oregon, Washington will burn you for them. So that's where I think this Utah defense needs to lock in, and I don't want to see them giving up any big chunk yardage passing plays-wise. I'm okay if they get – and if it happens late in the game when the twos are in, if a C.J. blocker or someone gets in and he gets beat, totally understandable it's his first reps. But that starting defense, especially like Zamaya Vaughn, J.T. Broughton, Miles Battle, Teo Johnson, like those are the guys where it's like you, you shouldn't be getting beat by by these caliber of receivers. Very solid players in my opinion, but you, once again, Utah has a clear advantage here, so shouldn't happen. Also, would love to see Utah get five sacks. They've gotten uh, were held sackless, surprisingly, against Baylor, and uh, would love to see them get back into the backfield more. This could be another multi-sack performance for Jonah Ellis. Would love to see the depth guys like a Chase Kennedy come in and make an impact. Uh, Junior Tafuna, maybe get him a sack would be a lot of fun with how dominant he was in the second half against Baylor last week, I thought. And uh, another guy would love to see continue. Van Fillinger getting a sack would be cool. Logan Fano has a chance, too. So getting above three sacks for sure. I want to see, but I think getting five would be really nice. And I think five is, is what they should get because of the advantage they'll have. And there'll be lots of third and longs and Weber state is not comfortable in third and long and against, especially against a Utah team that has the advantage across the board, as I mentioned. So um, it's going to be fun to watch on tomorrow's show. I will be joined by, Oh, and I should mention before we do the whole next segment teaser, I just want to see more of the young guys get experience on defense too. I already mentioned Chase Kennedy, Justin Medlock. How about a guy like a CJ blocker from this recruiting class who just came over in it, right? Um, other guys that would be awesome to see for the Smith Stone. I, I don't know if we've seen any Smith Stone this year. I've tried to look for him on the tape. I haven't been able to spot him. Um, Chambliss at linebacker, another guy that'd be fun to see him out there. Jonathan Hall, physical safety from Texas, uh, get him on the field late. So yeah, it'd be cool to see uh, a couple of these guys get their first kind of game action like that. And uh, just see him making plays of what we hope to be a long career inside Rice stadium of making plays. Just this would be the initial, a sign of what's to come. Shall we say, just like I believe, Dalton Kincaid's first big game ever as a Ute was against Weber State when he, um, not 2020, but in 2021, he had like 80 yards or whatever, big numbers. And then uh, we know he kind of grew and the special things he was able to do after that too. So that's what I'd love to see out of some of these uh, young Utes. And it's awesome that we don't have to wait that much longer for it to play out because at the time that this releases, we are just a little over 48 hours away until kickoff between the Weber State Wildcats and Utah Utes. And tomorrow's show, I'll be joined by someone from the Big Sky Conference office. Bryson Lester is going to be joining me to break down this game. I have predictions on which Utes I think are in for a big game. And uh, we'll also talk if Weber State was to somehow pull off the upset, how they'd go about doing that. So for a final game preview, make sure you tune in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Utes. We'll see you then.